We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain for love. Collide in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13. Maybe inappropriate for children under 13. Welcome back to the RotoWire DFS podcast brought to you by FanDuel.com, the leader in one-week fantasy football. I'm your host, Josh Hayes, joined by James Seltzer as we break down this Sunday's Week 2 NFL slate. We're going to be talking quarterbacks, tight ends, and kickers on FanDuel.com. If you want to find James on Twitter, you can do so at JamesSeltzer975, and you can also follow me on Twitter at JoshHayesFS. James, my man, what is going on, sir? What's up, brother? I missed you last week. Yeah, man, I was uh, out there pottering, p- pottering. I w- yeah, I was doing the making ho- pottery. Yeah, I was doing like, the was whole. It, was it like ghost style? Did yeah. you have like go right. up behind Demi with... Moore and you're doing the no? Yes. No, it was with Whoopi Goldberg. No Demi. Oh, so how about that? Yeah, it Lucky was you. Not right. the same experience, personally. <laughs> um, actually, I was um, podcasting, and I was from a remote location at my in-laws' house and went to a wedding. So that was actually pretty fun. You know, nice. some people are on the fence as to whether or not you, you like the weddings or not, but if they do it I right. I love weddings. Yes. I'm a wedding guy, Josh. It's fun. You dance. You have a good time. It's a celebration. You get drunk. Yeah, who doesn't like weddings? What's your problem? If you don't like weddings, you don't have a soul. Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think it reminds you about everything that's good uh, in the world. The, the best thing you can do is watch two people who are like the happiest days of their, of their life, basically, because nobody's getting married because they don't want to. If they, if they, if it, if it's a forced situation or, you know, um, somebody's looking for a green card or something, they're doing it in the courthouse. They're not inviting yeah, 11 yeah, million true. people to witness it. Well, you would hope, right? 
<laughs> you would hope. We we yeah. we can't have that much hope for humanity. Uh, anyhow, we're going to talk about Fanduel and, and uh, football here uh, for DFS. Oh, we're, we're we're talking football. I thought yeah. we were just weddings and whatever we felt like talking about. Okay, I'll okay. talk football. Yeah, I'll and, jump in. Well, we were talking about the Pope. We were thinking about converting this we to did. the DFS Pope yeah. podcast, but we got to run that through the bosses first. And yeah. uh, I don't know. If I, I'm, be... I'm, I'm yeah. I'm ground zero, man. I will I will literally be able to like uh, you know reach out and touch the Pope. I don't think they'll let me actually touch him, but I'll be close enough. All right. Well, let me know what the Pope thinks of uh, Johnny Manziel in week two. Oh, okay. you better believe I'm getting the Pope to bless my uh, my DFS lineup for next Sunday. <laughs> sure. That, that's, that is a must, is it not? It's a uh, must. Yeah, it has to be. That's the way I'm looking at it. Well, well, real quick before we get into it, did you hear the thing about the Sam Bradford petition? The uh, city of Philadelphia has, uh, you know, provincial and, and eagles eagled up as we were actually got together a petition to have the Pope bless Sam Bradford's knee. <laughs> yep. Love it. That actually happened. Love it. Love it. Is there a like a a Kickstarter that can I I can donate to I, or I, a change.org form? Yeah, I'm with you. I'm in, man. I'm in. Bless yeah. that guy's knee. We need it. I, dude, I'll put five bucks on that. No there problem. We go. You know, there we go. Let me text it through the app like for like you know first aid uh, i'll i'll definitely do that there you go social media and and mobile that's what we need uh speaking of mobile we're going to talk about quarterbacks some of them are mobile and some of them are are not but before we do that i want to quickly let you know that the rotowire dfs podcast is now available on itunes and stitcher so if you get a chance to rate or review us please go ahead and do so and don't forget to share and subscribe and don't forget to spread those rumors about the alternative podcast that we have going on well, i don't i don't know if fanduel's ready for a uh alternative for yeah. Pope Pod 2015? No. Maybe maybe golf down the line. So if you're a golf guy at all, we can maybe get something going on like that. But in the meantime, I think we got to stick to quarterbacks here, all right, James. Let's do it. All let's right. do it. Uh, so we'll talk about the uh, the blessed one. I think that's what we're going to do the rest of the season. Sam Bradford from this day forward is the blessed one. I like that. All right. And uh, Tebow might have something to say about it. Well, if we'll he go. was on the roster, then there's no way I would ever, <laughs> you know, give Sam Bradford that name. We're, we're talking about you know, Tebow Jesus here, but we had to talk about, um, some realistic options. There's some, some top tier quarterbacks that are still, uh, fairly reasonably priced and there's some home run plays. So, so who's going to be taking the snaps from center for you in week two? Well, when you look down the list of quarterbacks, uh, you know, it's kind of interesting because those top, top guys, it doesn't look like any of them really have good matchups, you know, uh, uh, other than Drew Brees has a decent matchup against Tampa Bay. That defense obviously did not look good, but Brees himself didn't look that great. So, you know, you're not fawning over Drew Brees the way he did in the past. And, and Rodgers against Seattle, Luck against the Jets. Not a lot of great stuff. It's really that fourth quarterback down on that list that, that kind of catches my eye. Uh, Matt Ryan against the Giants in New York. We saw how atrocious that Giants pass defense is. Tony Romo basically cut him through, you know, a, light, a knife through butter, you know, uh, at the end of that game, just walked down the field. Uh, 356 yards passing for Romo. Um, you know, Ryan looked good against the Eagles. A couple mistakes, a couple bad throws, but, you know, 298 yards passing, a couple touchdowns. Um, and, 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 you know, you got Julio. Julio, there's, there's no one on that Giants. I don't even think four guys on that Giants team can cover Julio at once. You know, nine for 141 and a couple TDs against the Eagles. Just, just a monster. So I think Julio eats the Giants up. Uh, and I think that Matt Ryan is the beneficiary of that. So for, for 8,700, I like that. And uh, the only other uh, kind of top, not top tier, but like guy in those higher end pricing that that I like is Romo. 
Uh, again, obviously had a really nice game against the Giants, multiple touchdowns, 356 yards passing, was a stud against a bad defense. And it looks like he's got another bad pass defense to go up <laughs> against. Uh, it, as much as it pains me to say it, the uh, Eagles secondary and pass defense in general looked atrocious. They just looked so bad against the Falcons. Zero pressure on Matt Ryan. Uh, even without Des Bryant in there, I think it might be kind of a contrarian play in that way in that you know, Dez is gone. People are going to avoid Romo. The Cowboys are still going to pass the ball, and that's going to be the way they're going to have to to beat the Eagles. That's going to be the best opportunity for them to beat the Eagles. And, you know, it'll, whether it's Beasley, whether it's Williams, whether it's Witten, whether it's Dunbar, I think Romo will have enough options where he can still put up a, a really nice day, even without that top option, uh, you know, and Dez to throw to. So those are my two guys kind of at the top of the rankings, Josh. All right. Very interesting there. You're, so um, Jeff Erickson's rankings uh, are something I always like to refer to, and I'll, and I'll continue to do that throughout the season because uh, they're a great guide, and he's got great reasoning behind um, all his rankings, and he ranks every single quarterback, every basically um, th- what he has, I think, 35 quarterbacks ranked here, uh, 86 running backs, and, you know, uh, 10 million wide receivers or 96, either one, whichever one you want to uh, pick there and 39 tight ends just and, and a bunch of flex rankings there as well. So they're great to refer to. If you want to check them out, you can go to rotowire.com slash football and it's the weekly rankings week two value meter um, from Jeff. And you can also find that I believe on, on his Twitter account uh, at or at rotowire, but uh, really quickly. So in his rankings, he has Matt Ryan too. In the spot, so he's with you. Oh wow! There you go. So that's that's a that's a, a good feather in your cap there. Uh, he has Romo ten uh, overall. For me personally, I think I, I'm going to have to take a page out of Drew Brees's um, or Marcus Mariota's playbook and say if Mariota can th- and can blow up the Tampa Bay defense, why can't Drew Brees? So yeah, um, it's it, very fair. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to make it make it my like GPP play everywhere because I think it's, it's going to be a relatively standard cash game option. Uh, since the you know, he probably has the maybe the softest pass defense to to go against uh, overall, but uh, for cash games and fifty fifties, Drew Brees is going to be my anchor play. Now, talking about what I want to do from like a GPP perspective, there I'm actually I like Andrew Luck this week, and I think he's going to be a little be be a little bit off, um, you know, in terms of uh, ownership percentage because. He had the, the sort of fall flat on his face against Buffalo on the road, and the Jets performed uh, pretty well. Granted, it was Cleveland and Johnny Manziel on the Browns, uh, but their defense held up very well. Uh, two issues that that are falling back in my favor or in, in Andrew Luck's favor is uh, Vegas loves Andrew Luck. Uh, they're one of the biggest favorites on the board. I think they're minus six and a half or seven uh, coming into to Wednesday. So that's top three, top two. Uh, behind uh, Drew Brees, who I think is uh, like a nine and a half or a ten point favorite, um, and uh, I want to add in the fact that they lost uh, Antonio Cromartie, uh, which is their top corner that they like to play in single coverage on the outside for the Todd Bowles defense uh, alongside Darrell Revis. So there's going to be more pressure on Revis. They do have some depth depth at quarterback with Buster Screen, but I just don't even without Dante Moncrief. I think it's a, a fairly um, explosive wide receiver without, core. Without T.Y. Hilton. I'm sorry, without T.Y. Hilton. With Dante Moncrief stepping up, and you saw that the uh, the numbers that he put up, he's going to be a popular play. So I don't think they lose a ton without T.Y. T.Y. hasn't exactly been ruled out, but it's more than likely he probably sits this week. Um, but I still feel, you know, you know he's got the tight end weapons. Gore's pretty good out of the backfield. I like Josh Robinson there. And then you have Andre Johnson, and we haven't even mentioned Philip Dorsett, uh, the first-round pick, the rookie, who now has a chance to make a significant impact 
uh, on that roster. So I'm still going to probably roll Andrew Luck in a, in a few of my GPPs. Now let's talk about under the radar here. We're going if we want to go deep, uh, dip down in salary and save some cash. What can we do at the quarterback position um, in order to um, take that salary savings and roll it to other positions? All right, I'm going to give you two in the the 74, 7500 range, and then I'm going to go a little lower than that. Um, I'm going back to the well, uh, and it didn't work out particularly good last week. But you know what? Damn it, Josh, I'm going to do it again. Uh, I'm going to recommend Sam Bradford again. He's the same price he was last week at 7500, and everyone was fawning all over him at 7500. You know, uh, you know, I was in multiple uh, leagues with friends where you know six out of seven guys had Bradford, and it wasn't Eagles fans. You know, it was it was just one of those plays that with that past events that we expected Atlanta to have look like a really good play on the board. Uh, obviously that second half, we saw some of that potential, but that first half was so bad and just so disastrous that it just kind of cratered any opportunity for a real productive day from Bradford. Um, but uh, I think this Cowboys past events is atrocious. I know they weren't particularly bad against Eli Manning. There was just nothing. The Giants really didn't get much going in that game. That was a ball control game, kind of a strange flow to that game. Uh, I think the Eagles are going to come out. You know they move the ball quickly. It's not going to be a ball control game with the Eagles. It's going to be when they have the ball, they're going to be moving, and they're going to be like that. And uh, I think they'll run the ball, but I think there's going to be a lot of opportunity for Bradford against that Cowboys secondary, especially without Skandrick out, which we talked about last week. Um so, so I think that Bradford kind of, uh, you know, almost uh, akin to a post-type sleeper in a, you know, season-long type fantasy where it's a guy the year after everyone hypes him up, kind of busts out. Uh, I'm going for a post-week, sleeper, a post-week sleeper here, as in Bradford, the hot, the hot guy week one. I think week two he comes out and has a, a, a big-time week, especially at home. Uh, and then in uh, 100 last, 7,400, and I think there's a nice tourney play too. You mentioned it, Marcus Mariota, you know. <laughs> Four touchdowns week one. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he threw three incompletions and threw four touchdowns. You got to love that. Um, and then more so, I think Cleveland's defense is a, is a total train wreck. I just think it's bad across the board against the run and against the Bass. Uh, Jets were able to move the ball at will against them. Um, and, and I just think that there's upside there with Mariota. Uh, just going a little bit lower into the, the sixes, uh, I think this could kind of be a contrarian play, you know, uh, based off of last week's performance. But let, let's stick with the... Uh, Top two overall picks in the draft, and and I kind of like Jameis Winston at sixty six hundred against the uh, against the uh, Saints in New Orleans. Uh, you know, obviously, it's a crazy idea to to put someone out there who was, you know, just just flat out bad like Winston was in Week One. He just looked awful. He really did. He didn't look anything like the guy that we saw at Florida State. Um, I think he comes back, and I think he bounces back. We saw that when he was in college. He had an amazing ability, even in games, to to throw three picks in the first half and come out and dominate in the second half. I think he's a, a bounce-back kind of guy. And, and more so, I just think that that Saints secondary, we saw it last week. I mean, Carson Palmer dominated them, just, just shredded them. Uh, I, I think that he has that same opportunity to do that this week in Winston, not maybe to that same level. But I, I do like Winston this week. Obviously, the weapons, especially if Evans is out there, Severian Jenkins, uh, Saints secondary missing Jarris Bird and, and Keen Lewis, their best, two best secondary players um, and I think you saw the results last week. Uh, and then one more who's still, I just think, I think this price will continue to go up till he's in those mid sevens, which is probably more appropriate. But Tyrod Taylor, again, priced too low at 6,300, just based on the fact that he's a starting quarterback and, and he has the ability to run, put up 15.9 points last week and, and was even kind of a, a low end kind of number for him there. But 
looked efficient. Uh, you, if you get 15.9 points, I think it was 5,000 last week. That, that, I mean, that's gold for 5,000. And, and I think you can get more than that for, for 6,300, which would be gold as well. Uh, and again, we, we saw how bad that Patriots secondary looked against the Steelers in week one. So um, I think Taylor, just because just of the price as much as anything, you know, obviously a great tourney play there. Yeah, I like those those plays for the most part as well. Interesting that the price um, uh, on Mariota is um, elevated at this level on FanDuel there, so they they didn't mess around. Uh, no more no more um, uh, near minimum price or or, or freebies uh, going on in that spot overall. Uh, and just to just to for reference too, uh, Jeff Erickson also likes your Sam Brad for play there as well. He's got him uh, listed number six. Uh, overall right. there. So just sneaking outside the top five right behind Tom Tom Brady there as, as well. For me, I think somebody that's, I don't want to say getting disrespected, but uh, sort of maybe is a little bit of an afterthought after the amount of struggles that they sort of had there in week one is, is Russell Wilson, who performed at a top three to top five level um, throughout last season. Now, you don't get too much of a discount uh, him with it at 8,500, so I can't really call him a cheap value option. I just want to throw his name out there um, in a bounce-back situation at Green Bay because there's some points that can be scored. So if Jay Cutler can put up some points against uh, Green Bay, um, I, I feel fairly comfortable with, with Russell, Russell, Russell Wilson. Excuse me. And keep Tyler Lockett in your back pocket, by the way. I'm not saying play him this week, but I think this guy is an explosive player who's going to be sooner or later ticketed for a big-time role there over Doug Baldwin and over Curse in that spot. He's going to have to do more damage from the slot, but I see like, like some Randall Cobb type ability, um, you know, as far as explosiveness and, you know, defenders' inability to cover him. You saw that with the punt return for a touchdown there in week one, which happens to be worth six points on FanDuel. So keep that in mind there. Uh, and you know what? You're not crazy about the Jameis Winston call. Okay, by the way, if you take a look at the um, – the overall defensive uh, rankings for 2014, uh, New Orleans Saints came in 29th uh, overall in, in pass defense. And there isn't a ton that's really happened in their secondary to necessarily improve that. So if you really want to go out-of-the-box GPP, uh, you're I don't think you're crazy uh, for it overall. I'm not saying I'm doing it. But the def- defensively, that matches up well. And Carson Palmer seemed to have uh, a decent level of success against uh, New Orleans as well. So that's something to keep in mind um, in terms of your home run plays there. Also, you've got Ryan Mallett, who's getting the start there. So in uh, at sixty at sixty five at, Car- at Carolina at Carolina, excuse me. It's a little bit of a tough matchup on the road. Carolina still has a stout defense, but it is significantly less without Luke Keekley. So um, something to keep in mind. I'm going to be interesting to watch what happens here with Nick Foles at 6,500 against Washington. Washington, to me, finished last in the league in defense in 2014 overall. And I think they're going to be a popular play for um, teams to stream against when we uh, when we get to defensive talk, which we'll save for Thursday's podcast. Um, and also on the quarterback side, too, Nick Foles was able to um, do a fair amount of damage against Seattle at home. So I think it's reasonable to expect that, you know, it's not a bad idea to have some shares of, of Nick Foles there in any of your uh, GPPs for week two. Are you in on the Nick Foles? Yes and no. I, I, I am for the price this week, yes. Long term as a quarterback in the NFL, no. Yeah. But but right. but this week with this matchup, yeah, I think Washington's uh, secondary is is porous. Uh, I think that they're going to be able to move the ball there, and and you know, like you said, for sixty five hundred, I like him better than Mallet for sixty five hundred. That's for sure. Yeah, that's that's true. 
Uh, so we've given you some 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 fairly uh, you know price value options there, and just referencing back to to uh, Jeff's list there. If, if I had to take a look at a guy that sort of stood out uh, to me, uh, that is uh, a little bit interesting there. Colin Kaepernick is right there in the middle of the pack at Pittsburgh there. Pittsburgh is a pretty good favorite, I think, minus six. Um, but I don't think that – um, I mean, there should be a concerted effort to stop Carlos Hyde here in week two. Granted, you know, the Vikings should have known what was coming and they weren't able to stop it all day. But I'll, I'm interested to see if Colin Kaepernick can be a little bit more relevant against a significantly worse – I thought the Minnesota defense was a lot better – um, then they showed up here in a week one and then they should be versus Pittsburgh who also, um, you know, graded yeah, out Brady shredded them. I mean, they, they, their secondary is a disaster. I'm with you there. Right. I mean, there's no Palomano. There's actually basically no one to be scared of. James Harrison is 74 years old rushing the passer for them. And he's one of their most effective guys. So, um, there's a number of guys in that secondary throughout last season that just got routine, like were rotating, being benched after getting torched uh, uh, week in and week out. So something else to, to consider there. I'm going to con- think about, uh, or actually what I'm going to do is just take a wait and see approach and see if Colin Kaepernick can be relevant. And maybe I'll take a chance in a small GBP um, and just see what happens because uh, Colin Kaepernick has that, you know, that he, 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 I don't think he's too much different from Tyler Taylor personally, is, is what I'm trying to say. They have a good run game, uh, just like the Buffalo Bills, that solid defense, and there's playmakers on the side of the ball. There's still Anquan Bolden. Um, I hate Vernon Davis, but they have Torrey Smith there as well. So there's some opportunity, and Colin Kaepernick may be able to get it done on the ground himself. They've sort of gone away from the pistol, and I wouldn't be surprised if you see them pull that hat out of their bag because no one is really running a, t- a ton of pistol with the exception of what Mariota did in week one, and that was highly effective. So something to keep in mind. Let's go ahead and flip over to tight ends now. Uh, who is going to be uh, anchoring the uh, tight end plays for you on FanDuel for week one? Uh, that's a good question. Sorry, for um, week two. I, week two, yeah. Well, week one, I killed it. We, I wish I could nail week one again. I said Tyler Eifert was my top play at tight end, so that worked out well. Um, this week, uh, we'll see. It was really interesting. I, I was just talking about this on another podcast that I do that, um, you know, just the tight end explosion in week one. I mean, when was the last time I remember we had, you know, as many tight ends making big time fantasy, you know, fantasy production in week one. I mean, you know, Austin Severian Jenkins had t- touchdowns, Eifert touchdowns, Lidarius Green scored, Witten scored, Ebron scored, Reed, Fells, Kelsey, Graham, Gronk. I mean, all the, I mean, it was, it was insane the amount of production that we saw from tight ends in week one. So with that in mind, there's a lot of potential ways to, you know, take advantage of this position here and, re- and really help you win your weeks in FanDuel. So um, obviously Gronk at the top, by far the most expensive, worth it. Again, I, I don't like the matchup this week. Uh, that Buffalo defense is, is awesome, and I think they're better at home. I think that whole team is kind of thriving off that home field uh, advantage right now. Um, so I- I'm a little nervous about that. So I-, I do love Gronk, but I don't think this is particularly the best week to use him, but I'm never going to say you're wrong to use Gronk. Um, but at the top of the list, uh, I don't love a lot. Um, Jason Witten stood out to me. 6000 is a little pricey, but Witten, as uh, I can tell you as an Eagles fan, Witten has always killed the Eagles. There's just something about this matchup. He, he always comes through. Obviously, Dez is out. Uh, you know, maybe a few more targets come his way. Eight for nine target-wise against the Giants. 60 yards, two touchdowns was clearly a major part of, of the passing game, even when Dez was in there. With Dez out, you have to figure it's going to be more. Um, yeah, especially in the red zone. So, so I like Witten a lot. 
Um, and, and then a little bit cheaper down, uh, same game. Uh, I like Zach Ertz. I think that uh, at 5,200, Ertz looked awesome on Monday night. We had this whole thing of, you know, we didn't even know if he was going to play, uh, you know, because of the injury he'd suffered, uh, the hip injury. But he, he not only played, but he looked athletic. He looked strong. He looked like he had a nice rapport with Bradford. Um, I, I think there's a ton of potential for Ertz moving forward, especially against this Cowboys defense, which struggles n- just in the passing game, but really does struggle to cover the tight end a lot as well. So um, th- those are kind of my two, the two jumped off the page of the, and, and Ertz really isn't that, that highly priced. Witten really the only one of the top priced guys other than Gronk who, who stood out to me. Yeah, I think the Witten is, is got to be a primary guy who gets a lot of focus right now, now on FanDuel. Uh, you take a look at the, the uh, pricing for him uh, overall, it's not terrible, uh, you know, given the uh, number of guys that you're going to have to pay for if you get to the very top two with 8,300 Gronk and 71 for Jimmy Graham. I actually prefer him over Graham uh, right now at this point. I think think maybe it's a, it's a toss-up, and I also prefer him over Travis Kelsey. Something to keep in mind with Travis Kelsey is I don't know how many people know this, but the Denver Broncos finished 2014 as the number one ranked overall defense uh, and, uh, you know, uh, um, in terms of grading. So that's something to definitely pay attention to. It's a bad, that's bad news uh, for Travis Kelsey. It's bad news for, for Kansas City altogether. So I'm going to be off Kelsey there in week two. Um, Greg Olson, uh, I think, is a interesting play there as well. A lot of people think that he just wet the bed and they didn't get him enough targets, and I think they're all correct in that spot. Uh, but in Jeff Erickson's article, he made a great point, uh, noting that uh, Travis Kelsey, I'm sorry, um, Greg Olson had a had a touchdown um, called back in the end zone for offensive pass interference, which would have made his day look much much better. Uh, obviously, so he is going to still be a, a red zone target, I, I believe, and I think he's in line for a better week there in week one. You, you wish you would be getting a little bit uh, better of a discount because he's still priced out inside the top five, um, but that's something to keep in mind. Also, I think when you if you're going to see a lot of defensive attention, um, you know, with. Uh, Keenan Allen and the big game that he had and C.B. Johnson, the way he was effective for San Diego. So you can keep an eye on Ladarius Green. His price has jumped up uh, to um, right at 5600 and he's about 300 cheaper than Tyler Eifert there. So you can sort of pick your poison uh, between the two. I, I definitely uh, clearly prefer Eifert in, the, in that spot there. Um, but if you need a, a mid-priced t- uh, guy, I sort of prefer Ladarius Green over guys like Jordan Cameron, Heath Miller, uh, and and Larry Donnell. And I'm going to take a wait-and-see approach on Zach Ertz. You're the Philly guy. Uh, I'm going to say no to any Zach Ertz here in week two. You, you show me before um, I roll him into my lineup. You you agree or not agree? No, I, I think that's fair, but I, I, would, I, I just think the price is right. It's not that expensive for him, and I think that he looked healthy. I think he's going to be a big part of the passing offense, so I would be fine rolling him out there. But I, I certainly get that wait-and-see approach, especially because the Eagles do spread the ball around a lot. All right, so for me, value play-wise, I think you you can't get much better than Jordan Reed for 5K right now. Um, great value uh, for for bang for the buck. I think that he's going to be my one of my top um, lower tier t- uh, tight end options that you um, definitely have to consider there. Charles Clay um, is a guy who also did fairly well. He's got a little bit of a, a knee issue that he's battling. Um, but if you figure w- w- how New England works, is they New England's very good at taking away what you do best. And if Buffalo wants to run the ball or, you know, get their, get the ball out to the receivers like Sammy Watkins 
or you know, um, or you know, put pressure on Tyrod Taylor, then I think it's going to make a lot of sense for these short, middle, intermediate routes that could be um, Charles Clay all day. So for forty eight hundred, I think that's a value play for me. Uh, how about some value plays for you at the tight end position? Uh, Jordan Reed jumped off the page to me. I'm with you a hundred percent. The Rams, uh, a nice defense, obviously, but. You know, and Jimmy Graham is Jimmy Graham, but Jimmy Graham was still able to find the end zone, had six catches against them. Uh, Jordan Reed, uh, 11 targets last week. Mm-hmm. 11 targets. I mean, that's that's awesome for a tight end. You know, I, I didn't check target leaders for tight ends, but I would guess you, he I would guess he is among the leaders with 11 targets. Uh, seven for 63 and a touchdown. Uh, Miami, a decent defense. So I do like Reed. Um, for only Andre Last, I like Daniel Fells. <laughs> You know, I didn't really know a ton about the guy coming into the year that much, or at least a ton. I knew who he was, but you know, former basketball player at Cal, uh, six foot seven, two hundred eighty-one pounds. This guy's a monster, um, and clearly a big-time red zone threat. Uh, four for eighty-two and a touchdown against the Saints. Granted, it's a, a very bad pass defense, but he's playing the Bears, who are also a be- very, very bad pass defense. I believe the Bears were actually the worst team in the league against tight ends in terms of defending tight ends. In 2014, not a ton has changed there. So I like Fells a lot. And then uh, for 100 cheaper, I like uh, Fells and Reed more than this guy. But Eric Ebron at 4,800 uh, at Minnesota, you know, four for 53 and a touchdown against the Chargers. Um, Vikings D allowed seven for 92 uh, against tight ends in, in week one against the Niners. So uh, I think they're trying to incorporate Ebron more there. And, and that Vikings defense, not the best. So for 4,800, a, a nice upside play there as well. I like that there as well. I think we're sort of overlooking Austin Safari Jenkins too, which we, you, you have to slide all the way to the bottom minimum salary once again. What is, is he? Re- oh my God. Yeah. We are totally, I didn't even realize he was that low. Absolutely. Yeah. No question. Especially right. against the saints too. Mm-hmm. No question. He's the play of the week. I, I my fault. I oh. must've just, I must've just missed him. He, he Cause you got to right go all the way to the bottom. That's, yeah, that's the I problem. did. And I still just missed it. I, he's got at four, right. I mean, at 4,500, he has to be the play of the week after last week. Right. Right. Well, especially if Mike Evans is out of the lineup and, yeah. and I don't think Mike Evans has yet to practice. So that's a very good spot. It's probably going to be a little bit over owned, but I don't care. It's such a cost savings. And you know that James Winston's it's like, I guess sort of, a. Uh, a common ru- rumor or I, I guess, you know, method of thinking that quarterbacks or particularly rookies um, tend to favor the tight end as their um, go-to player and safety valve um, because they can get rid of the ball quicker and they don't have to, you know, they struggle with getting to the second, third level with their reads. And you just say, Oh, I pressure dump off to the tight end, you know, and Austin yeah. Sarah and Jenkins, I, I think, fits that mold perfectly for James Winston. It was highly productive in a game that really got out of hand. So that just means no matter what the score, you can, I think, bank on a certain level, like a fairly safe floor, particularly with Mike Evans out of the lineup. And all the um, preseason and training camp reports on Austin Safarian Jenkins were great, going back all the way to OTAs. So I'm going to be in there as well. I think I can. you can even consider him a cash game option, given the price there as well. All right, so um, that's going to pretty much do it for tight ends. Uh, really quickly, I uh, wanted to uh, mention before we get into kickers uh, there is that there are, because of the number of, t- of value plays that are available, you got to be a little bit careful with your DFS lineups as far as ro- rolling too many value plays. So you're going to have to ch- pick and choose your spots. It's like if you're going to go value at quarterback, I don't even know if it necessarily makes sense to go value at tight end, you know, uh, there as well. Yeah, for- I agree. Um, because there's a such thing as like going too far with the value and then you end up with a couple thousand extra and, um, you know, you created, Oh, I got discounts on all these guys, but you didn't pull uh, build in enough overall, 
um, you know, upside in value with top level of production. So you can go too far with the value plays. Just something else to keep in mind. Pick and choose your spots. Safarian is obviously in um, in prime position, but uh, something else to keep in mind. Oh, and just quickly to um, hammer home your point there, Jordan Reed, uh, one of three tight ends in week one who had double digit targets at the tight end position. Heath Miller had 11, Jordan Reed with 11, and Tyler Eifert with 12. So yeah, basically, I figured he would be up there. Yeah, yeah, you nailed the you you hit the nail on the head there. Gronk Gronk had eight, Jason Witten had nine. So there's um great uh you know um safety even Jordan Reed in the same situation too with Austin Safarian Jenkins there so when I'm creating my GPPs I'll probably get some Jordan Reed in there especially with uh Sean Jackson out for multiple weeks and then I'm if my uh Mike Evans is out again I'm gonna sort of differentiate with Austin Safarian Jenkins if I'm not using Gronk that's gonna be my tight end strategy overall you can thank me later or you know rip me and complain to me on Twitter at Josh Hayes FS uh, if it doesn't work out all right, kicker strategy here. Um, let's just let everybody give a second to get their notepads out and uh, take notes, uh, get another recording device. I think people just just skipped ahead to this part of the podcast, right? Yeah, they did, yeah. You're, That'd be my guess. You're, yeah, if you, if you guys are wondering, just go right to the 30-minute mark of the show, <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll give you our full breakdown. All right, so let's let's hear it. What do you got for who's going to be in the kicking game for you for this week? All right, I will be uh, be very honest. Generally, when I'm kicking pickers, uh, kicking pickers. How about that? <laughs> there you go. I like to kick pickers. Right. Um, generally, when I'm picking kickers, I I usually it, it is a lot of times cost based. You know, I fill out mm-hmm. the rest of my lineup and I, and I try and fit someone in. Um, but you know, obviously, you, you you're still going to pick the best option at that cost, and there's still going to be mitigating factors based on weather and on you know the opponent and how many points you think the team's going to score and whatnot. So. So we'll do our best here to uh, – we gave some good options last week. Uh, I know we uh, threw out Brandon McManus as one of our, our best plays last week, which obviously turned out to be a, be a great play. So um, uh, as far as I'll – I'll just, I'll just give you my five. I have five of them real quick in order just, and then you know you can rattle off yours. I know everyone's really excited to hear them. Um, so uh, of the, the only one at 5,000 uh, that I have is Matt Bryant. Uh, at the Giants, we, again, go back to how bad that Giants defense was. I think there are going to be a lot of points scored in that game. Mm-hmm. Bryant, just money. He's a, That guy's money. He was three for, uh, four for four against the Eagles, three of the four from 40 to 49. Uh, it seems like from that 40 to 49 range, he's, he's automatic, you know, which, which not a lot of kickers are. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like Bryant a lot at 5,000. Matt Prater, 4,700. This is just more of a, of a, a decent matchup against Minnesota. Decent place to kick. Uh, you know, solid price, strong leg kind of play here. Mm-hmm. Um, Ryan Suckup at 4,600 at Cleveland. This is totally based on the matchup. Uh, I think Tennessee is going to be able to put up points. Suckup didn't even have a chance to kick a field goal last week because all they did was score touchdowns, six extra points on six touchdowns. Um, so I don't think they're going to get in the end zone with as much frequency this week, despite having the opportunity to put up points against a bad Cleveland defense. So for 4,600, it's more of a, a, a why not kind of play. Um, and then my, my uh, I'll give you my favorite play on the board last, but uh, Josh Lambeau at 4,500. Didn't look great in his debut, but still a starting kicker at 4,500. Has some value. Uh, you figure the Chargers will put up points. Um, but my, my favorite play on the board is Josh Brown, also at 4,500. Again, just, uh, you know, anytime you get a starting kicker at, at 4,500, you have to at least look at it because you're, you're, I know it's only saving 100 or 200 or 300, but that adds up when you're trying to jump from, you know, a, a a mid-tier guy to you know from you know whoever it may be a Brandon Cooks to a to a Julio or whatever it is trying to make that big jump to get those top top guys in it, it can help. 
Um, and Josh Brown, four for four last week against the Cowboys. Uh, again, I, I think this game is going to uh, be filled with points. Atlanta and, and the Giants, neither one with a great defense. Both have offenses that can move the ball. And, and Brown nailed a 50-yarder last week. He's, I, I, he might be first overall, but I know he's like one of the best kickers in the history of football in terms of his percentage on 50-plus yard kicks. Um, he's got a cannon of a leg. So um, for 4,500, I just think there's going to be a lot of points, and, and I don't think it's factored in kind of how good of a kicker he is based on the matchup and based on the fact that it looks like that Giants offense might have some problems in the red zone and punching that ball in. So I love Josh Brown at 4,500. I think it's a great play. We have a lot of overlap in our kicker lineups there, but I just want to quickly mention that from my reasoning from Matt Prater is going to be one of my top options because he fits the profile that I like, which is kicker in dome against a non-top, five top 10 defense there and mm -hmm. you know and Detroit had you know put up a decent amount of points there in, in San Diego so Prater's valuable and I always I just love the fact that you anytime you can get your kicker into a dome situation that's one of the the top things that I'm looking for I don't want any mitigating factors with weather or rain or wind that you know blowing my 50 yard or wide right so um i know that just sounds like it's you might be nitpicking just a little bit and and i'm not going to go away from a crazy good matchup in order to do that but prater is going to be one of my top options because he's going to be there in minnesota and you saw what happened to them against uh san francisco and you know in the dome there i i feel like there's a lot of points that can be put up on both sides of the ball which should be good for the kicking situation the other guy i just want to quickly mention here is andrew franks uh at jacksonville right now florida is not a really too, too much in terms of weather concerns uh right now in september and it's one of the uh worst defenses uh, bottom five defenses in in football so and just to keep in mind on FanDuel, 4500 is minimum salary for the kickers or the lowest salary you can find uh by the way and a good number of these kickers are at that until they sort of separate themselves right now so uh miami in with the with the tools they have on offense uh, matched up with a a bad bad looking blake bortles there in week one who could not uh you know find the the broadside of a barn there. I'm going to be looking to um, get more than a few Dolphins into my lineup against Jacksonville and Andrew Franks at minimum salary against one of the worst defenses in uh, the game for 2015 thus far and last season makes uh, a good amount of sense to me. All right. Uh, we want to let you know that this season, uh, the first week of fantasy football season is in the books. So uh, how do we don't know? We want to know how your fantasy teams did. Uh, did you guys win some money? If not, you can on FanDuel this weekend. So don't miss out anymore. FanDuel is the leader in one-week fantasy football with more winners and more payouts than any other site. The money is real. They're paying out over $75 million a week this football season. Building a team is easy. Just pick your players, stay under the salary cap, and sit back on Sunday and watch your team win. Entry fees to start at $1 so anyone can play. Uh, I And it happened to roll Aaron Rodgers and Carlos hiding in a few of my lineups. So that worked out quite well for me. I had Carlos Hyde all over the place. It was uh, great. Uh, you know what? I think for any of you season-long players there, or I, you know what I wish Fandle would do is let you change uh, your lineup name, especially in a head-to-head, -head, and I would change it to like... That would no, be really fun. That's yeah. a great idea. Right. Nowhere to run, nowhere to hide. Is what I would use. I would have gone. I would have gone. Hide your kids. Hide your wife. This <laughs> is like hide the rest of your bankroll because I'm coming for it <laughs> with Carlos Hyde. So uh, Carlos Hyde is going to be a good option. 
again this week, and we'll talk about that more on tomorrow's show with Benny Ricciardi on the RotoWire DFS podcast. But let us know how your Week One Fanduel team did. Uh, hit James up on Twitter at James Seltzer nine seven five. Hit me up on Twitter at Josh Hayes FS. We'd love to hear about how um, who's going to be in your lineup this week or how you did last week. And for those of you who hadn't joined the action yet, you can go to Fanduel.com and click on the microphone in the upper right hand corner. Use my promo code here. RWDFS, standing for Rotowire DFS, and sign up now. Special offer for new users here. For every dollar you deposit on FanDuel, you can match it up with 200 bucks that gets earned as you play. That's a bonus of up to $200. The offer is only good for the first 50 people that use this code Rotowire DFS. That's RWDFS on the promo code. So make sure you use that promo code RWDFS and join today. FanDuel.com, where every day is a new season. That's F-A-N-D-U-E-L dot com sign up today all right i want you to do this uh really quick before we get out of here james give me a uh, pull it out of your hat all right quarterback tight end or quarterback or tight end well we did enough with the kickers there um one guy who is going to be like man i should have used that guy in my lineup for week two just out of the blue way off the radar but he this guy's going off oh that's so someone we haven't even mentioned yes Oh, I like that. Okay, give me a split second here. So I'll go. I'll give you a quarterback. Um, how off the radar are you going? We talking price wise or just just We're, someone I'm who's just not talking about like one percent owned, you know? And you you can tell call it a gut feel. You can you can say, you know, um, I'm throwing this guy in one GPP only because it's crazy. But you know this this guy has a shot. Wow, that's a tough one. I like Carson Palmer a lot. He doesn't fit that bill, but we didn't mention Palmer, and uh, I, I do like that matchup a lot. Um, but how about, you know what, let's go with Ryan Fitzpatrick. 6,700, no one's going to own him. That indie defense is atrocious. Vontae Davis is good, but the rest of it is really bad. Mm-hmm. They made Tyrod Taylor look good. How about the Civil War beard goes out and throws for three <laughs> touchdowns against the Colts? How about that? I like it. That? I like it. I, I'm in there as well. I don't just just to clarify, I don't actually think that will happen. <laughs> okay, for me, I'm gonna go with Michael Rivera, tight end here for like uh, Oakland. There, he's um, sort of way under the radar, but played himself into like a a top five to eight tight end option for like a stretch of four weeks there in Oakland, and I think. Given the amount of pressure that David Carr had and coming off this injury there, I think it's going to be safety valve time, especially against the Baltimore defense. And if they're able to shut down Amari Cooper and Latavius Murray, then Michael Rivera might be the guy who benefits at 4,900 at tight end. So keep that one in your your back pocket's getting full. I keep putting those in your back pocket, but there's another one for you. You already told us to put Lockett in our pocket. Right. So. I know they're just that move, one rhymes. So. Yeah. Lockett in one pocket and then Rivera <laughs> in the other <laughs> pocket. And then you're then you're set. You have to put your wallet just hold your wallet in your hand. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I'm in. All right, sounds good. That is going to do it for today's show. Uh, thanks for listening to the Rotowire DFS podcast brought to you by FanDuel.com, the leader in one-week fantasy football. Don't forget, we're available on iTunes and Stitcher for your downloading convenience, so be sure to give us a rating, review. Don't forget to subscribe. And best of luck in all your daily contests. Don't forget to check out James on Twitter at JamesSeltzer975, and I'm on Twitter at JoshHayesFS. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll see you next time. The headlines remind us daily. The world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine. Stop noticing. But you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. 
Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.